Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On today's show, we're previewing Hornets Wolves and Andrew Wiggins is leading the league in what? Plus, we're going surfing on the internet. Kimball Walker in the MVP discussion. We're talking more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do in an entire day. You're locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's go, Hornets fans. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. You know, Doug, we gave, or I gave DirecTV a pat on the back on our last show. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like maybe we should we should start keeping track of that because I hammered them pretty hard in the preseason. Correct. Um, but they do provide a, for the league, provide pa- a for league pass. Right. Sorry. Direct, DirecTV and, and the league pass. But uh, yeah. But so now, now, you're, now you're good. Now I'm good. We're good. I watched a little league pass last night. Oh and, yeah, me too. Um, what all, did you watch? Well. Were we were we watching the same moon together? We were watching the Knickerbockers and the Mavericks. What were you watching? I was actually watching the Celtics and the Pelicans. The here, Hornets fans, I got to break it to you. You you can't uh, you can't really complain about injuries. Because the Boston <laughs> Celtics are dealing with, uh, they they don't have Al Horford, they don't have Crowder, and and they just got beat by the Pelicans. I mean, sure, you you certainly listen. You have every right to complain about whatever you want, but I'm there are a couple smart. of there are a couple of Eastern Conference teams that are dealing with some injuries and getting off to some some tough starts. We're going to talk about where the Hornets rank in the NBA power rankings a little later when we go surfing on the internet, but. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. The Hornets, uh, they're, they're getting up there in the power rankings, and a lot of it has to do with Eastern Conference teams that are dealing with different issues falling down those rankings. Whatever works. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world David, it finally happened. I, I finally succumb to my yearly bout with sickness, cold. I'm, I, I've, but every year I find like a miracle drug to kind of help me through and get me through these shows. This year, I'm not doing an ad for them, but it is, so I'm not even going to say the name. But it is, a, it is some kind of spray for your throat, and it just completely <clears throat> numbs the throat. But my throat hurt so bad last night, David, I asked... I asked producer Katie for it. She bought it. And I, I just shot, just with reckless abandon, took four shots of it. And oh. and then I may have swallowed What's recommended? it. I may have swallowed It's recommended one, and you're not supposed to okay. swallow it. Um, but yeah. But it is sugar-free. So 
weight gain well, not going to be an issue. I co-signed that then. Anyway, so bear, you know, I always ask if you've been with the show for a long time, I always ask kind of bear with us during these, during these months where the, where the weather changes. Cause, uh, we may get a little, may get a little coffee. All right, let's start out West. The Hornets traveling to Minnesota to take on the three and six Timberwolves tonight at eight o'clock PM Eastern time. The Hornets face off against the Timberwolves twice in the preseason, a home and home. Each team took a win on their home floor. Uh, why did the Hornets play the Wolves twice in the preseason, you may ask? Well, the Wolves have a new coach, Tom Thibodeau. Is it Thibodeau or Thibodeau? Are we, where, where are we landing Thibodeau. this year? Is it Thibodeau? It's Thibodeau. Thibodeau, right? FIBA. FIBA. Thibodeau. Which one is it? Thibodeau. Okay. Pretty, pretty sure it's Thibodeau. All right. Tom Thibodeau, who is a good friend of Coach Steve Clifford. They'll put the friendship aside t- tonight. It'll be easy because both coaches will be busy stalking the sideline and yelling at their players, officials, anyone who will listen. They just, they're very, they're two very expressive coaches, David. They have a similar, they have a similar style. I would say that Thibodeau is a little more um, expressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always hear Thibs. You need the courtside mics to hear Clifford, uh, but at home you, you have those, so it works out well. You can always hear Thibs, though. You know his, his bellowing voice from the sidelines. I'm glad you did the impression. Friend. I was going to say, okay. if, if I do my Thibodeau impression, I would have to drink this bottle of throat spray. Um, <laughs> that's what it would take. It that, is, that wasn't nearly gravelly enough. It's, okay. it's much more... Do it. Like, really get into it. You're, 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 it's much more, much more. <laughs> Get over. That sounded like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that was probably not right either, but you get the idea. All right. The Timberwolves started off the season slow so far, one and five, but they've won two out of their last three contests. They could be without Zach Levine and Shabazz Muhammad, both miss Sunday's win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Zach Levine scored, scorched. The Hornets for 30 points in the first preseason matchup. Shabazz Muhammad had 17 points in 18 minutes in the preseason finale, so both of those players could miss the game. Both of those players uh, have had success in the preseason against the Hornets. David, there's a lot to like on this Minnesota team. Who will you have your eye on in this one? Well, it's Andrew Wiggins for me, Doug, who's really made a start to the season. Leading the league, Mm -hmm. Doug. Did you hear me? He's leading the league in three-point in three-point percentage. That's right. Leading the league in three-point percentage. Now, uh, this is a bit misleading, Doug, and I'll tell you why. He's only attempted 31 threes. Now, for reference, Kimball Walker has made 31 threes. So he's not even in the top 20 in three-point field goals attempted, but still, he's shooting about two to three per game and making over half of those. So shooting at a clip of 55% right now. Um, certainly a massive jump for a player who a lot of people have had his eye, have had their eyes on to make a jump, you know, uh, this year or, or soon. And, and part of that big three, I think we can call Levine part of the big three too. I think that's fair. Um, Wiggins, I mean, he's been awesome this year, uh, leading the league or leading the team in scoring. And we all know about his athleticism. So guess what, Michael K. Gilchrist? Another fun night for you. Yeah, that has to be the matchup to watch, assuming that MKG guards Wiggins. I, I think that's a safe assumption. And then Nick Batum would guard either uh, Zach Levine or my favorite name in the entire association, Bielitsa. I love that guy. I love that name. Uh, but don't love where, the way he does the Hornets. He, he's a, a big three-point shooter as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Always finds a way to get open against against the Hornets. 
Yeah, Wiggins, last last year's Rookie of the Year. He set two career highs in points already this year. He had 47 against the Lakers yeah. in their last victory. So you have to stop him offensively. It's a tough assignment, though, David, because not only is he shooting well from uh, from beyond the arc, but uh, you know he's just he has a full complement of offensive weapons. He can back you down. He can euro step, get in the lane, dipsy do. I mean, he's got he's got it all. Yeah, we could hear some Eric Collins gems tonight, uh, calling some of these Wiggins plays. But yeah, I mean, and he's not on the level, obviously, of like a guy we just saw in, in Demar Derozan uh, just yet. But for a young guy that come in, that, that came in, you know, wasn't really a great shooter. And look, I mean, over his career so far, what let's see what he shot last year. I mean, it was twenty, thirty percent, and he's up, you know, jumping to fifty. I don't think he's going to shoot fifty-five percent from three all year, but he's doing it right now, and he's looking really impressive. Um, the team, however, Doug, you mentioned it stumbled a little bit out of the blocks was the darling of the preseason. I, mm-hmm. I think that's undisputed preseason champion. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. And the two big things that Tom Thibodeau was supposed to bring to this Wolves lineup was one, get them to shoot more three pointers. He kind of has done that. Well, at least they've shot yeah. better. They've shot better three pointers because like Andrew Wiggins, this Minnesota team overall, they're leading the league in three-point percentage, but they're only taking 22 per game. That's near the bottom half of the league. Right. Um, but the other thing that they were supposed to get is, obviously, you think Tom Thibodeau, you think Chicago Bulls, you think really tough defense. Okay, that's not a thing that's happening in Minnesota. Despite no. having Gorgie Jang and Carl Anthony Towns underneath, the Wolves are allowing opponents to shoot 64.4% at the rim. That's third worst in the league, and they foul quite a bit. And we know from just being around Steve Clifford and the way he runs this defense, uh, the Charlotte Hornets defense, which is one of the better ones in the league, a big focus is don't foul because fouling, it's easy points. Um, so they've got some work to do defensively, and it's part of the reason. You know, if they if they hold a team under a hundred points, they win. But they just don't do that. Right. They they allowed. I think they allowed the Magic to score one hundred nineteen. <laughs> That's not yeah. good. Yeah, and a big piece of that, Doug. They're, they're giving up the second most uh, three point shots per game to opponents. So they're they're not really stopping the three. And if you got a team that can hit that, and look, the Hornets have been getting a little better on that. It's coming through with their three pointers in recent days. So you know that's an area that they may look to exploit. But yeah, the defense is not there. They're really good on offense. I mean, a lot behind Wiggins and Towns. Obviously, we haven't even talked about Towns, who is just uh, you know a, a a vision a vision of young talent. Um, and one of the superstars in the league mm. probably for years to come. So um, it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, Doug, going back to the preseason, I mean, how much can you take? Uh, how much can we take from those preseason games? I'm going to say not a lot. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, they're preseason. Yeah. They don't matter. Right. But uh, Okay, well, no, I know. Up, I, I, you I, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I just brought it up to, to, to say that, you know, those, uh, those two players played well against the Hornets in the preseason. That's all I was saying. Sure, sure. Uh, sure, sure. Well, listen, well, it, you bring up a good point, though, because if Roy Hibbert it, with Carl Anthony Towns, if Roy Hibbert's able to start in this game, then you're probably going to see Marvin Williams guard Carl Anthony Towns and try to front him in the post. And and then you put Roy Hibbert on Gorgie Jang. We saw that in the preseason and and you'll, you're going to see that anytime Roy Hibbert starts against a center that can shoot, that can extend the floor and shoot three pointers, which Carl Anthony Towns can 
that's what you're going to see. So there are going to be some matchup issues there uh, on on defense, but on offense, I think the Hornets have to look at at Kimmel Walker, Nick Batum, MKG. They should all be looking to get to the rim and and finish. Um, and then uh, I think this is also a game, David, where Cody Zeller could find some success after being completely taken out of that Cavs game, regardless of whether look if he's. You know, if he's playing uh, with the first unit and Roy Hibbert is still limited in minutes, then he's going up against Carl Anthony Towns. So you want to be careful about driving on that guy. But if he's playing in the second unit, then he's going up against Cole Aldridge. You know, that's that's a good that's a good matchup for for Cody Zeller offensively, I think. And I kind of feel like Cody is at the place right now where he is ripe for a bounce back game. I mean, not just because of the bad game he had, but I think that's where he is in his career. I mean, and what we've seen from him so far this year, that was an anomaly the last game. I mean, the fouls did not help, obviously, but he didn't have a good game. And I think he's played better overall this season. So I do look for him to have a bit of a bounce back game and get back on track here in the season. So I think he could be a big key. All right, this season we are partnering, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Dunked On Basketball Podcast hosted by Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue. We will be featuring clips uh, from, it's a national basketball show, and occasionally they talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Great analysis there from Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue, who also, Danny, hosts the uh, Locked On Warriors podcast. Uh, So let's kick it over to those guys. They've got some interesting thoughts on the Hornets. This was taped prior to the Cleveland Cavaliers game. Let's take a listen. Let's move on to Charlotte now. A, a positive surprise. Six and two. They did lose at home to the Raptors, but no MKG it had some back spasms. He is questionable for tonight's or, or today's game against Cleveland, which actually I should know the answer to that is because it's just about to start, but uh, I'm not going to break off from this podcast to go look up whether he's playing against Cleveland or not. And if he doesn't play, I assume they're probably going to get killed because they got killed by DeRozan. Without him, they had to start Travion Graham, who was, uh, wasn't able to really stop DeRozan and, and doesn't provide much of a threat on offense either but the big story with charlotte other than their typically unbelievable defense which big surprise that, that that's happening even though roy hibbert has barely played due to a knee issue and cody zeller has been limited they just get every defensive rebound and control transition and they're just really good defensively Kemba Walker on offense has been fantastic. And the biggest difference for him, we talked about how he became a better finisher at the rim last year due to them having more spacing. I think that's continued. Uh, But now really the difference is his shooting has been outstanding. He's shooting 43% from mid-range and 44% on three-pointers. Well, yeah, I mean, there's this kind of parallel. While Isaiah Thomas made the All-Star game last year, even though our friend Tim Bontemps called him, I think, a fake All-Star on my podcast, um, that Kemba, you know, has really added to his offensive repertoire, become a more complete player on that end, and is helping carry them. And so last couple of years, you know, Charlotte has gotten just enough on the offensive end. And now it I feels like it's a little bit more sustainable and that they can carry this through. And that's exciting because that not only makes them a better regular season team, but it also makes them a theoretically more potent playoff team because you need that to succeed even against, let's say, the teams that are in the, you know, kind of in that middle morass. I mean, I'm not saying they're threatening Cleveland or anything, but that they can do that is definitely 
definitely a good sign. One concerning sign for Charlotte, Frank Kaminsky, ninth on the team in minutes played, only shooting 28% from three-point range. Remember last year, he shot really in the low 30s. And for a guy who is supposed to be ready, who was supposed to be a great shooter, just has not been able to put it together in terms of actually making shots. Now, he does still have the gravity. He has that reputation of being a good shooter. At some point, maybe that changes. Uh, But he's got to shoot. I mean, when you see what the other limitations of his game are, at some point, if he's going to be even a good rotation player, he's going to need to shoot at least 35% on threes. He hasn't gotten there yet and and has been providing little else. Yeah, it's... It's this weird challenge when you're dealing with someone like Kaminsky that, you know, that doesn't do a lot of the traditional big man stuff is that you definitely need them to to provide other value. And at this point, he's not doing either thing. And so you can get there. You know, guys certainly do with time. But yeah, as you said, he's an older sophomore. You know, you get into those kind of circumstances and you start to, to wonder about it. And I don't want to relitigate any of the other stuff, but there are certain guys that they would be looking better if they had them on the roster. Worth noting, though, that they did play pretty well with him on the floor last year as I recall then this year 11 net rating with him out there too so his gravity I think does help uh, and they haven't been getting killed on defense with him out there either Uh, 97 points per 100 defensive rating when he has played so that's uh I mean Kaminsky a guy who may be a little underrated by his traditional stats so a great discussion there, Doug. A lot of thoughtful analysis and intelligent talk there about Frank Kaminsky. I mean, echoing some of the things that we've said and maybe some of the concerns we had, too. I mean, especially me, I've been calling for him to hit that three-point consistently. He's taking it. Uh, he's taking a lot of them. But uh, you mentioned they filmed, they, they, they recorded that prior to the Cavs game. I don't think it would have mattered if they would have recorded it during the Cavs game because <laughs> he kept shooting and kept shooting. And these threes... Uh, looking on TV, they look online, <laughs> but every one of them is just a, a bit too strong. He just has not found the touch from three this year. And I do agree with those guys. Oh, I, I will agree with them on this. You know, um, he's got to be able to shoot to be effective. I think I just don't know if he's going to be able to be effective enough offensively in the other areas across the course of his career to provide the value that the Hornets or anyone else would be looking for him. But I do think he has been a bit better than his numbers would lead you to believe. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how he's been good off the bench for the most part, how he's really had some solid games. The Jazz game comes to mind, uh, finishing inside uh, through traffic and being a a scoring punch off the bench. So if he can get the three-point shooting back in form or, or, you know, start to improve on that, that will be a big boost. But um, he has been a little bit better than I think you would see if you haven't watched these games uh okay uh certainly he's getting a lot of criticism online i was reading uh swarm and steam uh and they don't think so i mean you think you think he's he's been as bad as these you know shooting numbers would would say well listen i i think that i had to i have to disagree a little bit with um with the guys there at dunked on uh, when they talked about well, because Frank Kaminsky these these three pointers have been wide open. I, I'm disagreeing with the fact oh. that he has gravity. I don't think he's pulling anyone uh. to the three point line. I think that that look if it's a pick and roll situation with Kimball Walker or with Ramon Sessions, they're going with the guard. Um, it, there's not going to be a, an extra little bit of space open because they're they're gonna. They're going to focus on the guard over Frank Kaminsky, and he has to have that open space because his setup 
it's excruciatingly long. I, I feel like it's almost longer. Here's the thing that confuses me, David. Frank Kaminsky is the 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 first guy out there and the last guy to leave in terms of taking three-pointers uh, in his warm-ups before games, and I'm sure right. that extends to practice as well. I don't think that, that Frank Kaminsky is, is taking days off or or you know not getting his shots up, not working on his three-pointer. I mean, I see it every time I'm in, the, in Spectrum Center. He's out there uh, really working hard before the game, trying to get that three-pointer locked in, and it's simply, it's simply not there. I mean, 28... Mm-hmm. 0.6% from beyond the arc and he's taking four a game. That when you yeah. when you pack that in with his defense, he he can't bother a shot in the post. He just can't do it. And he continues to get beat off the dribble by smaller and quicker defenders. And not just like not and I'm not just talking about guard mismatches. I'm talking about players that he should be able to stay with or at least somewhat bother. And he's not able to do it, and it's because it's part of the reason that the second unit is having major defensive problems. Now, you know, will that be alleviated by the fact that that maybe Jeremy Lamb uh, uh, gets back in the lineup, and not that he's a uh, not just in Jeremy Lamb's defense, but what that does to the rotation in terms of you know not having to play Frank Kaminsky and Spencer Hall so much together? I don't know, but. It's um, yeah. I I tend to I tend to agree with with the dunked on pod podcast there that you know it's it's not this is not good. It's not good. This is no. not the development you wanted to see in year two. No, and it's still early. Um, I mean, look, I have conversations about Frank Kaminsky, and you may have heard of this guy Justice Winslow, um, with with people who are in and around or watching the Hornets and say they should have drafted Winslow or done something else in that, in that draft. Um, and look, and I say I was for the Winslow draft when it happened, but I do think you have to give Frank a bit of a chance here. I just think the shot will come. I mean, it, it is slow. It takes forever, um, but he's just missing them long right now. Um, hopefully you have to get that dialed in. He's trying to shoot his way out of it. Like we said, he's not taking many corner threes, though, Doug. Only four corner threes on the season. He's getting so many of those way out top. Um, as you mentioned, maybe not drawing the, uh, the opponent players as much as the guys from dunked on, um, mentioned with, with the gravity, but look, they also said the offense is, is good with him on the floor, a little better with him on the floor. They're not losing a lot with him out there. So, um, I think he's had his moments. That's, I, I think that's what I'm trying to say. He's had his moments. It hasn't been consistent. And I don't think the three point shot is anywhere near where it needs to be for him to be the effective player that they need him to be. But he has found other ways to contribute on offense at times, especially inside. And maybe I'm overdoing the Jazz game, but I think he's had some nice moments. And, you know, still a second-year guy trying to figure a few things out. So you just got to hope if you're a Hornets fan that he can do that. And the best sign of that would be to start hitting some of these threes. Well, this is the real problem, Dave. And this is my final thought on this before we move on is – that when you look at the bench unit, you have Ramon Sessions. He's a a 10-year vet. You know what you're getting out of him. Marco Bellinelli certainly want him to have a bounce back year off of his off of his year in Sacramento, but we pretty much know what his what his ceiling would be based on uh, his his good years in San Antonio. Uh, Spencer mm-hmm. Hawes, you absolutely you never know what you're going to get with him possession to possession, but you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him uh, over the course of a season. So that leaves Frank Kaminsky as the one piece, other than Jeremy Lamb, 
who you know is injured right now and and could be that guy. But Fra- I think Frank Kaminsky and Jeremy Lamb have to battle to show like who is going to step up and improve so that this second unit can achieve more than than what you think it can achieve. I mean, those are the two yeah. growth guys. And, and if Frank Kaminsky can't oh, do yeah. it, I'm wondering, you know, later on in the season or or in playoff time, if Jeremy Lamb can come back and, and sustain some production late in the season. I don't know. I think question marks start to happen if if that if that production doesn't improve for for Frank Kaminsky. I'm just saying he's not. I can't imagine that Frank Kaminsky is locked in to this to this rotation. That's all no, I'm saying. I will say this. You know, we, we heard we heard Clifford mention uh, a couple of guys that he thinks are still ripe to have big years, and Frank Kaminsky was one of those guys, and so was Jeremy Lamb. So perhaps they're seeing some things in practice that just haven't translated over to the games. I think you have to believe that from the way they've been talking about it. Um, and if that's the case, then you got to feel good about that. Eventually things will click. Um, but look, yeah, for them to have success and for them to maintain where they are right now in the East and in the NBA, you're going to have to have a little punch scoring punch from Frank and a little more consistency. And look, the, the Cavs game, the center position as a whole was a big nothing. So, um, he was right there in the group with everyone else during that game. But, uh, yeah, you know, second-year guy, um, another draft pick. Everyone's always going to look at those draft picks, especially in that draft where there were many, many options. So Frank is going to have his chance. I, I think he's going to have his chance until, geez, I don't know. I mean, given the injuries, I don't know how, how short the leash is on him because they, they really need him. So I don't know what other choice they have. All right, I got really worked up in that segment, David. I think I, I think I'm starting to break my All fever. Right. Uh, so <laughs> let's go surfing on the internet. Cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite. Searching for a website, a window to the world. Got to get online. Take a spin now. You're in with techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Going surfing on the internet, a couple of uh, Hornets players and the Hornets team itself showing up in some of these delicious rankings. Let's start on NBA.com where Sekou Smith is doing his yearly MVP ladder. And right now, Russell Westbrook leading the way for the Oklahoma City Thunder, 31.1 points, 9.5 assists, 8.3 rebounds, which I'm sure changed uh, after last night's game. Uh, but scroll scroll all the way down here. We've got at number nine, hello, Kimba Walker. Uh, Seku saying Walker is the best player on perhaps the most surprising team in the league in the early going. And in parentheses, he puts, check the standings. <laughs> Seku knows. The people nationally not paying attention to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, but yeah, Walker's he's having a career year, David. And and certainly he is he's the Hornets MVP without question. I mean, oh, yeah. he is he has dragged this offense at times with him. Oh yeah, I mean it's we have like I said we haven't probably talked about him enough as this season has gone on. He's been solid and he's been when he more than solid. Don't you don't you well, dare! Don't you I meant, dare! I meant to say solid, uh, consistent. Uh, <laughs> when he hasn't been fantastic, I mean the lows, the floor on his game so far this year has been probably right. the best he would have played, you know, uh, through his career. So the shooting's up, the scoring's up. And the wins are up. So it, all across the board, he's having a career year. I think at this point, and we didn't talk about this much in the preseason. We talked about wins and in, in terms of all-star bids, but getting out to a fast start, right? If you can get that early season buzz, 
because let's face it, everyone is kind of rooting for Kemba to make the All Star team this year. Felt he got a little snub last year. Everyone roots for the little guy. Yeah, but if you can get that preseason buzz and you can get that talk early, a lot of that can a lot of that can um, you know can carry over even if you have a a little fall off. So uh, I think the wins are still going to be important. But Kemba's been awesome; he's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's dodged the three for seventeen shooting night where he scores thirteen points. Which right. again, on this team, I think would be devastating because I don't that we haven't seen a big scoring night apart from the Philadelphia game from Nick Batum. We're not seeing that on a consistent basis. I don't know, you know, there's not a there's not a tremendous scoring punch without Jeremy Lamb on the bench. So I don't know where that punch would come from. There's been there's been consistent scoring on the bench. There's been you know double digit scores on the bench, but not that guy that could step up and score you know seventeen eighteen on a night. So, yeah, I mean, Kimball Walker, absolutely. The Hornets MVP, ninth in the uh, rankings there by Sekou Smith on NBA.com. Let's move over to ESPN.com that's doing power rankings on teams. Mark Stein with his uh, weekly rankings in week four. He has the Charlotte Hornets in sixth, up from seventh last week. And uh, this is counting the Cleveland and Toronto loss. He's factoring that in. Uh, Mark Stein saying, quote, You could downgrade the Hornets' early success if you wish by focusing on what ranks as a fairly friendly schedule so far, but but don't forget that Steve Clifford's team, not exactly known for its depth, has mostly had to cope without the injured Roy Hibbert and Jeremy Lamb, and sports the best start in franchise history regardless. So again, he's Mark Stein saying it's okay. You can complain about those injuries. That's fine. He's (laughs) he's uh, he's he's going easier on on the fans than I am. Um, But yeah, well. and, and you look at the two losses they've had and, and where he has those teams ranked, the Cavs number one and the Raptors number mm-hmm. four. So mm-hmm. like we noted, Doug, those were two losses that kind of sting, but not horrible losses in the big scheme of things. And, you know, the Hornets are starting to get some believers around the league. I mean, you post a six and one record, uh, even losing those two games and you start to raise a few eyebrows. So certainly a good start to the season. I think everyone's excited about that to be up there in those power rankings. Well, think about this, Doug. I mean, you go back to the end of last season. I mean, uh, I can't recall where they were ranked, but they've started to climb up in these power rankings for the last couple of years, right? And have some success. So I do think that Clifford is finally starting to get a, um, a well-deserved and well-recognized reputation of just being a fantastic coach. Okay, so they play Minnesota tonight, but then Friday night they're going to play the Atlanta Hawks, who are ranked right above them in fifth place in these power rankings. So that could be a huge showdown. It will be Charlotte's first look at Dwight Howard in Atlanta and Kimball Walker versus uh, Dennis Schroeder. That's a matchup I'm really looking forward to as well. We'll have uh, a full preview of that game coming up on Friday. Also, we're giving away lower-level seats to that game. All you have to do is go to facebook.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Give us a like there. We'll have a post up soon with uh, with instructions on, on how to win those tickets. Uh, Lower-level seats to Atlanta Hawks. Get in Spectrum Center and watch this uh, showdown. Southeastern Conference showdown between the Hornets and the Hawks. All right, that's all the time we have here on this edition of Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, if you could, give us a five-star review. It helps us move up the rankings and helps hardcore Hornets fans, just like yourself, find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back tonight for our live show, 6 o'clock p.m. Come join us. YouTube.com 
forward slash locked on Hornets or on the At The Hive Facebook page. You can submit your questions then. Talk to us live. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17